0: You're listening to the Christy G Podcast with me, your host, Christy G. Here I sit and talk with some of the most funny, talented, and inspiring people on the planet. So sit back and enjoy this newest episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Episode 8. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I have been trying to figure out a way to introduce this guest. And I've been sitting here behind my computer for an hour and a half trying to fit in. All the information without rambling on, because my friend Jay Baker that I'm talking with today has a very interesting story. So basically, long story short, he is the son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. They are very well known in the Christian evangelical world. They were on basically every television in America. Flash forward a little bit, his dad ends up in prison, and flash forward a little bit more his mom ends up being like this voice in like this community where she embraced everyone like she was so loving she was like very like she embraced the gay community which was a really big deal in the Christian evangelical world um like people just didn't do that and she totally did um she was on VH1's like Surreal Life where she shared a house with porn star Ron Jeremy and Vanilla Ice like who can say that about their life that's so interesting um so yeah and so Jay's growing up with this his family basically was the like the subject of some skits on Saturday Night Live where Catherine O'Hare played you know his mom and like it's it's just nuts and then let's see what else what else what else oh yeah there's movies being made about his family currently starring Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield Elton John is making a musical for Broadway about Tammy Faye. All of this stuff. It's just a wild, wild ride. And Jay has just been there through it all. And he has such an interesting story to tell. He also is very open about his mental health journey. That's something I completely related to him about um, with. And a few months ago, he shared on his podcast for his church, um, his mental health story. And he told everyone how a little over a year ago, he tried to take his own life and it broke my heart into pieces because I believe he has so much to offer, like so much to offer. And I'm so glad that he's still here. And, um, I am just happy that I've made a friend and Jay, like I said, I think he has so much to offer. I think he's brave and what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do. Even if you don't agree with him and you don't understand what he's saying or any of that. Just the fact that he is living his life to try to make people feel welcome and wanted. And it's just a, fre- a breath of fresh air. Ah, I don't know how else to say it. But there's so much to his story and I don't even know how to like explain it all. But I'm going to share some links at the end, um, his interview with Larry King, and also an episode of the Mark Maron podcast that he was on. He's also been featured in Rolling Stone Magazine. We talk about all of this stuff, and we also talk about music that we love. And growing up in like that music world, because we both love the same bands, and... We talk about even the Enneagram, which is super trendy right now, but we're both fours and I knew that we were both fours and I was so excited to find out that we both are the same because I relate to him so much and I was like, me and you, you have to be a four. I know you are. You're like me. I'm like you. It's kind of fun. <laughs> so I hope that makes sense. I think after the episode, it'll totally make sense more and more, but I, like I said, I'm so excited to share this one. I... I think he's an amazing, amazing person, and I really think that you'll enjoy this episode. So here we go, guys. My interview, not interview, that's silly. My conversation with Jay Freakin Baker. And am I talking okay? Am I too fast? Because I have a tendency of talking very fast.
1: Nope, not yet. Okay, good.
0: The more excited I get, the faster I go. I feel okay. like there should be, like, a code word for people, like, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> my first episode on here, I recorded, like, the whole thing by myself, and I recorded it, like, maybe 15 times, because I didn't understand myself. I'm like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, I'm talking way too fast, but... I one time, um,
1: <laughs> I was listening to a sermon that a f- friend of mine did,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was like, oh, my gosh, they did the whole sermon drunk, and I was like... <laughs> so worried about it and then all of a sudden I realized I had it on a slow speed (laughs) that is hilarious. (laughs) so he was like let me tell you I was like oh my gosh this is awful
0: that reminds me I've been like listening to other like conversations that you've had on different podcasts and there was one I can't remember the name of it but it's like two people drink whiskey and you guys chat and um I don't remember how long ago it was, but at the end, they did it. They slowed it down, and it sounded like all three of you were totally drunk. And I know you're oh, not hilarious. because nope. you don't drink. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> but That's really funny. That's fun. Cool. So to get started, I just want to um, say hello and thank you for being here in my phone. Oh,
1: you're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad to be here in your phone.
0: Yay. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I know there's a few people who are probably like, who the heck is Jay Baker? So how about you give me what you would like people to know about you and like your story, like a little summary of who you are?
1: Well, um, I mean, there's the usual stuff that older folks remember that my parents were Jim and Tammy Faye were televangelists in the eighties who had a big scandal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that all happened when I was about 11 years old. So I had to live through a lot of craziness in my years um but really i mean you know i pastor a church called revolution that started in 1994 really to like punk rockers and hippie kids and skateboarders and stuff like that and it's definitely evolved over the years and moved from different places from phoenix to atlanta to la to atlanta again uh to new york and now we've been in minnesota for about six years minneapolis nice um I've written three books. Um, I speak all over the country. I do revolution. Church is also a podcast. We actually probably survived because we're a podcast and we were doing podcasts before they were even called that.
2: <laughs>
1: and, um, awesome. I remember we, our first podcast was recorded onto cassette tapes and put onto a computer. So,
2: wow.
1: yeah. So that's been a while. <laughs> and, um, what else, you know? Yeah. I speak all over the place. Um, I do, uh, a summer tour called loosen the Bible belt with a comedian named Kristen Becker. And we just started a loosen the Bible belt podcast together.
2: That's
0: great. I've been listening to that. That's a good
1: one. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We're just trying to find our footing right now, but it's, it's been really fun. We do it really early. So it's always hard to be funny early. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of my work is, you know, and i I've been doing some work with my buddy Pete Rollins lately and, Mm -hmm. and get in more into philosophy. So yeah, that's what I do. I just kind of, do a church and, and talk to people about different, different things.
0: Awesome. It's funny. You mentioned the book. I, um, so a little bit of my backstory is that like I started going to church when I was 13. And of course I live in, I was from a very small town in Texas. And instead of my family being like, Oh, let's just go to the nice little Methodist church down, like down the street, we ended up in like this super evangelist evangelistic church, like a town over. Yeah. So that's what I grew up in. So I knew of the whole, like, TBN thing, which I know your parents played a part in. And um, I remember, like, in high school, being, thinking, like, oh, like, the alternative, like, Christian rock scene was super cool. And I bought your book, The Son of a Preacher Man. And you know what's funny is I I don't think I read it as a teenager, but I bought it because (laughs) I was like, ooh, this guy's cool. He's got tattoos. And, like, yeah, you know. And it's funny because I was like, oh, that's right. I have that book somewhere.
1: Oh, That's really funny.
0: <laughs> and that was my motivation for buying it. Like I was like, I don't know what this is about, but the cover's cool. And I uh, know, this guy seems neat. But um, now it's fun because I'm like, ooh, now I want to go reread it.
1: But yeah, I don't know. It was, it's weird to write a biography at 23. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm 40, 44 now, yeah. so it's been a long time.
0: Oh, that's fun, though. And I, I don't know. I. It, it didn't click with me till the other day. I was, like, looking, like, oh, like, let's check out, like, his writings and whatnot. And I saw that book, and it's was like, "Blaster of the past. I have that somewhere. Like, where is that thing? And it's probably <laughs> in my – I am, like, a hoarder of all things nostalgic, and it's probably in my storage back in Texas still, like, sitting in there with all Funny. my, like, corny 17 magazines from when I was in middle school and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, like, you're talking about your mom, and I used to tell people – like in high school up until like, you know, a few years back, I was like, I want to be like Tammy Faye when I get older. And they were like, oh. really? And I was like, she's so like, she was so, to me, like my view of her was that she was so like unapologetically herself. That's and, true. And she was like, I don't know, she would just, I'm kind of like not so much right now, but I used to be known for being like colorful and playful. And I just didn't care what I thought. I think you might
1: still be known for
0: that. I- I'm getting back into <laughs> it. Like, trust me, it was like, I was all like, I would never wear black back in the day. And now I'm like, oh, I need to have a black sweater. You know, like, you wouldn't <laughs> catch me. So, like, I hope that's, like, a, com- a compliment to you and your your mother and stuff. But Total compliment. I thought she was, like, the coolest thing. And I just remember as a kid, like, seeing her. And I was like, what a fun lady. But it's not.
1: Yeah, she, I mean, she always <laughs> encouraged me to be who I was, you know, and, yeah. and to, to be, you know. I mean, I remember one time, you know, during the end of her life, she was like, She's like, you know, your tattoos are kind of like my makeup, you know, and, yeah. and just kind of our, our thing. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, and, and <laughs> have her see it that way, you know, and yeah. I think she was shocked at first, but, you know, she really always embraced me and even defended me when it wasn't popular. And yeah, yeah. she was just full of life. I think that was the hardest thing about losing her is that yeah. she was so much full of life that it was like, you know, definitely an absence that I felt mm. very strongly. Yeah. And still fill, you know. Of course. Especially having kids now.
0: Yeah. Oh, and they're adorable. By the, by the way, your kids have your jeans, like, so strong. Oh, yeah. And I guess your dad's jeans, too, because I feel like you look like your dad. Yeah. Like, I was looking yeah, at pictures, yeah. and I was like, whoa, those carried over, like, really far. I'm like, they look exactly yeah. like you.
1: The Baker jeans are pretty strong. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so cute, though. Like, I don't know. I was just, I see them on your Instagram, and I'm like, "Oh." They're so cute. Oh, yeah. They
1: are the cutest. They are the cutest. My my, my daughter, Minnie, uh, Minnie Faye, um, she just got glasses yesterday. Aww. Little pink glasses. So <laughs> it's really cute.
0: It's so cute. I love <laughs> little tiny glasses. Or just, like, little tiny things. Like, I'll go to, like, Target, and I'm like, look at the tiny little sweater. You know? And people are like, oh, yeah. Do you have kids. I'm like, no, but look at it.
1: But... Well, I get to buy all those.
0: <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> um, okay. So you're... You have your church podcast in your church. Now, is it currently in a bowling alley? I'm trying to, keep, like, catch up. Right? Yes, okay. it
1: is. It's, cool. it's uh, in a bar, restaurant, slash bowling alley. And awesome. um, we there's a theater in the back of the bowling alley. And we meet in the theater.
0: That's fun. And how long have you been there?
1: We've been there on and off six years. I took about a year off and just did uh, the the service from my office and my house and just okay. did it on my own. But then I felt like, you know, I needed to do more something with the congregation again. And, yeah. So, That's yeah. Cool. So it's fun. It's it's. Be honest with you, Minneapolis is the toughest town I've ever had to like do a church in. Really it's hard to get. Yeah, it's really hard to get people to come out here.
0: Is it because of the weather? You know?
2: it's so
1: cold. I mean, because of the weather. <laughs> and I think people are have lived here for generations, and they've had their churches, and mm. there's a lot of progressive churches here. You know, you've yeah. got the whole ELCA, which is the Evangelical Lutherans, and they're affirming and open, and. Okay. You know, you've got, you know, really big universalist Unitarian churches. So, you know, and I think it's also harder to build community here than it was in, like, say, Atlanta. And in New York, everybody was so transit, so they were used to getting on a train and coming to a place and, you know, doing something. So it's just, yeah, it's been been really, really strange. And the weather here, yeah, the the winters here are really tough.
0: Yeah, like... I'm terrible I think I've seen snow once and I, I all my friends who live like where it's cold are like you don't know what cold is I like 60 in LA and I'm like it's freezing They're like shut up just shut up Chrissy that's not real yeah I
1: know Pete's <laughs> always saying like yeah I had to wear a light jacket today it was 65 I'm like does he live uh-huh. here yeah he lives in LA uh-huh. so I was like well no it was you know negative 15 today oh so
0: <laughs> yeah that's chilly <laughs> yeah That's fun, though. Um, Yeah, I've been, like, listening to the Revolution podcast, and I see that you have the Meet the Congregation, which is that people—that can be people from anywhere, then.
1: Yeah, people who listen online or people who attend in person. That's cool. I just realized that the community was, like, so scattered out all over the world that I was like, you know, how can we get people to know each other? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I've got my friend, Caleb, who works with me, who's just this great producer. And he's like, let's just start, you know, interviewing people from the congregation so they can get to know each other and find out about them.
0: That's been a really cool cool
1: experience. Yeah, that's a
0: neat idea. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen anything else like that.
1: That's neat. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, Caleb really pushed it. And it's been one thing. I mean, just to hear people's feedback from what they get from the from the from the messages and from the talks and stuff is Mm -hmm. so interesting. And now we just started doing it live on doing a facebook live last week and yeah you know getting instant comments as you're sitting there speaking is pretty cool cool. and we do we do a thing called afterglow which is part of the service where people discuss the talk and you know sometimes even push back and yeah so it's been really yeah it's really interesting it's very it's 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 really cool to to kind of continue building on ideas and using social media as as a really good tool for your work
0: Totally. One thing I really like about, I guess, like, what you you talk about on your your podcast, but just you as a person, like, you've openly just said, like, sometimes, like, either you don't believe or you don't know if you believe or you just don't have the answers. And I think, to me, it's weird. I find comfort in people just not knowing everything. Like, it's weird when people are like, nope, this is it. You know, like, I grew up in the way I told you. And it's weird. Like, in the past, like, couple years, I get, like, a lot of anxiety when people speak, like, churchy, churchanese, I was like, churchy, (laughs) I don't know, yeah, christianese, Christianese, that's the word, and I'm all about, like, I love the idea of God and Jesus stuff, but, like, the human version, like, I don't know, there's something about it, like, freaks me out now, and I've I've had discussions with this guy who I met when I was 15, who introduced me to, like, all of that world, and he's kind of gone, like, the opposite way now and he was trying to explain to me and we both had that same thing where we're both just like when people start like talking that way again we both like shut down and i don't like i don't know why that is so i find comfort what i'm trying to say is i find comfort and like you guys are just more real and raw and just being like sometimes we don't know and this is how we see it and it's nice like i hope that makes sense yeah i mean it
1: feels like yeah it does make sense well i mean i feel like the church sells this idea of certainty and there becomes this kind of addiction to it
2: mm-hmm. and and
1: people feel like they have to have it and, you know, are afraid to express their doubts. And yeah. I just somewhere along the line was like, you know, I can't sell this. This isn't true. You know, right. I do have doubts. I do have questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I wanted to be transparent and I feel like if you really study the Bible and then look at it, you see, you know, these folks struggling to even understand what they're, what they're starting and what they're doing.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, so I just I feel like transparency is, for me, is a, is one of my most important tools for what I do. Is is um. You know, I'm all self taught in my theology, and you know I have to read a lot mm-hmm. to keep up, and um, so you know I use whatever I can, and I feel like just being transparent with people has been one of the, the better gifts I've ever been given. Of course, my, I feel like my mom was always that way. Yeah. You know, and so I've I've been able to kind of just embrace, embrace the doubt and the questions and and just at the end of the day say, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it's okay to not know, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think even, I don't know, like, like, there's just something about it that's peaceful to me. Like, it feels like more calming to listen to someone that's real and like human instead of like somebody who's just copying what everyone else is saying and like, I don't know how to explain it. I am terrible with the words right now, but...
1: No, it's okay. But, I mean, it's like, for me, it's definitely taken the steam out of, like, when I've had, like, Larry King has had me come on to before to, like, yeah. debate with atheists and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. And they're kind of like, they don't know what to do with that because they're used <laughs> to so debating with people who are like, no, this is the truth and the only truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so... I don't know, I'm just kind of like somewhere in the middle and, and just trying to live my, my life and, and just okay. trying to be as honest with my congregation as possible so they don't, you know, yeah. they don't feel horrible when they don't believe or have doubts.
0: Yeah, do you, do you, Um, it seems like you relate more to your mom. Like you were, were you not, not like closer to your mom, but like maybe you were, I don't know, but you relate more to your mom than you do your dad?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was close to my dad when he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pretty, you know, we talked a lot, okay. um, but I've always been kind of closer to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we were really, really close, and we were really good friends, and we could talk about anything, and she didn't have any fear to talk about stuff, and I think my dad had a little bit more of that religious fear, and they were like, oh, I don't know if we should talk about this. Right. But at the same time, I feel like if I spend uh, any amount of time with him, I can kind of help, you know, he'll, he'll start to take his guard down a little bit and relax, but it's just like, he's not used to being in that, you know, like we're talking about like, Oh, I wasn't used to hearing people talk about their doubts. You know, it's like, he's still not, you know, completely comfortable with that, but his guard will come down after a little bit. You know, I can just start saying like, Oh, you know, like I remember one time he was like, we were talking years ago, talking about the Da Vinci code Mm -hmm. movie. And he's like, oh no, I don't want to see that. That's a heresy. And I was like, dad, it's a movie. You know, I'm like, it's a story. I'm like, there's a murder mystery in there. You know, it's fiction. And then he's like, well, okay, well maybe we could go see it together. And I was like, yeah, we go see it together. You know, oh, so. Don't tell
0: anyone. You know, yeah.
1: So it's just one of those things where you just kind of, you know.
0: That's so funny. Think, that... and... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I just think it's like, you know, with my mom, I was able to sit down and even disagree with her and, yeah you know, and continue to talk, I mean, we would talk about politics, we'd talk, you know, when I told her I was gonna uh, be in support of gay marriage, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, we had some really great conversations about that, you know, and finding out that most of her worries was she was afraid how the church would respond more right. than anything,
2: Aww.
1: Yeah. you know, and she's like, I just don't want to see Christians kill you, and even my dad eventually was like, you know, I just don't want to see you get crucified by christians and then he yeah. said but everybody needs to be crucified so he always kind of puts a religious spin on it but still <laughs> you know they, they've both been they both played a big part of my life i mean they definitely put a foundation of love and grace in me that awesome. um that i definitely wouldn't be the person i am today um without either one of them so you know I, i'm just not capable of throwing either one of them under the bus you know people would like me to with my dad especially mm-hmm. but you know i just i made a kind of decision a long time ago that I would try to let him be my, my dad and my, my kid's grandfather. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. like Um, you were talking about your dad wanting to see the movie with you, but kind of it's secret. And it totally reminded me back in Texas, I started getting tattoos and people were giving me a really hard time about it. And, uh, like in our little church and, um, the pastor like called me in one day and I was like, Oh great. I'm about to get some lecture, you know? And he was like, I need to tell you a secret. And I'm like, and he's like, I got a <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> Hilarious. And I was like, he's like, don't tell anybody. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so excited right now. And so still, I mean, people listen to us from the church, they're going to know now. But it's been like 20, <laughs> yeah. 17 years. But it was just really funny. I'm like, thanks for telling me that. That made me feel a little bit more normal. But, oh, that's uh, really cool. So, okay. So your parents, I'm yep. trying to figure out. They started, what did they have to do with TBN? Like currently. Nothing nothing? currently.
1: They they started TVN probably forty some odd years ago, maybe longer.
0: Okay, so they had nothing to do with with it with
1: Paul and Jan. No, they started it with Paul and Jan. They were friends. Okay, and they started it together, and then they had a falling out, and Paul Mm
0: -hmm. and Jan with Paul and Jan.
1: With Paul and Jan, and they kind of kicked him out, and so my dad left and started his own church. So, my dad also started the 700 Club with Pat Robertson and had something very similar happen.
0: Okay.
2: Where
1: Pat Robertson wanted to host the show more, so he he let my dad go. Wow. So, yeah. So, okay. It's it's a weird world. He's been a real pioneer (laughs) of of Christian television for a long time. It's weird how Christianity's played such a big part in TV, but... Yeah. Very similar, though, to, like, podcasting, to be honest with you. Totally. You know, it's really funny that we don't we give these preachers all this hell for you know, raising money and stuff like that, but then everybody's got their patrons and stuff totally. to raise money for their know. you know Everyone and you get a it. gift if you support Patreon, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. you would get a gift if you sent a love offering to the church. It's That's really
0: true.
1: It's really kind of ironic to me, like people don't see the the irony there. <laughs>
0: um so did your parents have anything to do with TBN like in the nineties at all? No, 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 they, they weren't. Were gone by no, then. yeah, my I loved,
1: ministry fell apart in the '80s. Ugh. I loved G
0: rock, and I was hoping they had something to do with G rock. Remember, G-rock? was that like,
1: <laughs> was that like the video show or something? Yeah,
0: it was like it came on like at two in the morning or something, and it was like Squad yeah. Five O and M X and like all these bands, and I'm like, this is the cool. Like, I thought it was the greatest thing ever, so I would set my VCR to record it, and I had Hilarious. like my G rock tape, and I was like, I wonder. But I was going to say they had something to do with it because they started the network, and so it wouldn't have been there if they wouldn't have. So I'm going to give them credit for that one. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, My
1: parents took me to see Striper. Oh, wow. Like probably 85 or 86. That's fun. Me and my sister, yeah, at this weird little (laughs) bar. They had to put us up in like a balcony because (laughs) they didn't want people to go crazy. And yeah, so, and then put Striper up in a hotel. So my parents were always kind of, ahead of their time with that kind of stuff
0: that's fun that's really cool yeah I um, yeah I think my first concert oh my first concert was Dwight Yoakam so it was a little different
1: oh man Dwight Yoakam is one of my favorite so
0: fun. <laughs>
1: artists in this world
0: so good um okay cool so you have your your background with your family and you have your church now you're obviously covered in tattoos so you have like this like look do you think that that look attracts a certain crowd or do you think like your crowded church is just people who are wanting to have the conversations that you want to have or a little bit of both I think,
1: I think now it's more based on my work mm-hmm. but I think back in probably the 90s it was definitely a, you know kind of a I don't want to say a gimmick but you know it's kind of a shtick you know in a way that people are like oh he's got tattoos and he's preaching <laughs> you know and so you know so like magazines like Yeah, I was in Rolling Stone, but I was also in Charisma magazine. You know what I mean? So I was, you know, also in like conservative Christian magazines. you know, because it was just like, what are these kids doing? It was the most radical thing at the time for me was that I had, they they thought of me was that I had tattoos, you know? Um, You know, now they wouldn't have me because of my theology, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, for a time it played a big part of it, you know, because I skateboarded and I had tattoos and it was like punk rock pastor, you know, and they loved that whole (laughs) that whole thing that went along with it so
0: that's fun that's cool yeah now if i can remember right did you used to speak at the cornerstone festival at all
1: yes i did i used Uh, to speak there spoke there for quite a few years
0: that was like the one i i always like in the 90s most like late mid late 90s i always wanted to go to cornerstone i never got to go and then it just kind of died
1: yeah it died it was it was really it was really fun because you see all these bands in one place i mean that's where i first saw pedro the lion oh wow yeah, and my jaw just dropped to the floor. Yeah. You know, now I, 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 I kinda know David, which is Ooh, you know, strange and, and and you know, interviewed him for podcasts and we've chatted a bit and but yeah, he really um you know, but also going and seeing like Squad Five yeah. O, you know, but I was in, I was living in Atlanta when Squad Five O was kinda coming up. So those guys were always really great to have yeah. and just probably one of at one time my favorite band. And um yeah, so it was it was really cool because you just saw so many bands,
2: you know. So
0: cool. You
1: know, I got to I got to sing with the Huntington's oh, at Cornerstone. Wow. I got to sing with MXPX at the main stage Aww. of Cornerstone, That's so which fun. was really cool. So yeah, so uh, yeah, it was really, that was really such fun a, to.
0: That was such a good era of like the Christian rock, I guess you would call it era. Even though I don't, you know, you know what I mean. But yeah, <laughs> like that. No, that yeah, was the, such a fun the, time to grow up in that. That music,
1: it really was, and it was it was neat to to be a part of that and you know revolution when we were in atlanta we would always put on shows and we'd always have like two christian bands and two just general market bands Mm -hmm. and so you know i mean we had oh we had taken back sunday play once we had yeah um we just had all these great mixtures of of bands coming through and playing and it was uh it was always a blast you know to get to know those guys but man i just got to be friends with you know so many of those bands over time. And, so cool.
0: Have and you, from
1: going to, speaking
2: at all those festivals.
0: Have you heard of a band called Gasoline Heart? Yep. Oh, I just thought about, because that band is so underrated. It makes me nervous. Yeah, they really are. I don't know. I was just thinking of, uh, I think, what's his name? Yeah, so no. Lewis got kicked Lou, out of. Lewis. <laughs> didn't he get kicked off or kicked off the stage or something at Cornerstone one year? Yeah, I mean, all
1: the good ones have been kicked out of Cornerstone. I was <laughs> actually kicked out of Cornerstone. So. Really? but for my theology more mm. than anything so that was a badge of honor i guess <laughs> you know because they were kind of conservative um the people who ran it you know right. uh, jesus people usa and they're you know now they've had their own crap but um yeah. yeah so it was it was kind of uh it was a weird place you know um to see you know like david with like pedro get kicked out yeah. and Lou get kicked out yeah. and, but yeah, Gasoline Hart, Lou's great, man. So He's good. still in New York, and we used to hang out when uh-huh. I lived in Brooklyn a little bit. Did we he? also hung out when he was in Dear Ephesus.
0: That's right. He, which he, was he one based, of my, didn't he?
1: Yeah, was yeah. one of my favorite bands. You know, and I remember <laughs> hanging out with them in Florida when they did a like a, they were doing practice together, and uh, him so and Aaron good. and all those guys were just so good they did a really amazing show at revolution and
0: wow, yeah they they were really great so it's fun i have a gasoline heart shirt and i used to wait tables in long beach and i wore it and this girl like walked up and she was like that's my friend i'm like what like i didn't know anyone over here knew who they were and then he came to visit her and they came to the restaurant and like we became friends and i'm like what a weird small world this is
1: (laughs) it's a totally small world
0: it's so and then i got to interview him for my my blog years ago and he's hilarious. I have a friend, Brian. I don't know if you're Brian kind of read He used to do sound for MX. He's really good friends with Lou, but um, he does this really good impression of Lou and it's hilarious. <laughs> and they're actually visiting this weekend and I'm like, I'm going to like record him because it, you would think it's funny. Like, cause I guess Lou worked at like subway back in the day and he would talk yeah. about pickles. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, you'll have to hear it to understand. I'll try to record it for you. Um... Yeah, Lou's definitely a character. <laughs> so funny. Okay, cool. So that's I, so why I feel like we had very similar tastes in music, especially during that era. So good. Um, speaking of things, okay. Oh, I finished page one of my notes. I'm on a roll. All right. Mm. Um, okay, so I think I may have introduced you, maybe somebody else, but I feel like I introduced you to the I- Enneagram. Yeah,
1: Enneagram? I mean, I, I've yeah, I mean, I've known of it, and I've okay. got friends that are a lot of are really into it, mm-hmm. like majorly into it. Um, you know, I'm more into psychoanalytics analytics and, uh, theology, I mean, philosophy well, I can't even think straight, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, um, and just normal types of, of therapy, but yeah, I've heard of the Enneagram a lot. And I know mm-hmm. that like a lot of my, like, I guess, progressive Christian friends, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. are really into the Enneagram. So they're always telling me what they think I am, and then you, you, you thought I was something. So I finally just sat down and took a test.
0: Yeah, I was like, you're totally a four. I just knew. I was like, <laughs> I was like, me and you are so similar, just based on like the little <laughs> interactions that we had online. And um, that's the only one I know about. It's a four. Like I'm not into all the other ones at all. But yeah, every time I see something like number four, I'm like, that's so me. And yeah, I that's just, what I was. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. And I was just looking at like like the basic fears that like we don't have an identity or a significance. And I feel that, is that something that you yeah, feel too. sometimes?
1: Oh well, yeah. I feel that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially, you know, trying to be a dad and, yeah, you know, being divorced and, you know, I mean, you just, you know, you, and being the son of someone always, you know what right. I mean? So it's kind of like, you know, where is my identity? You know, That's it's true. like, you know, trying to, to find out where that, yeah. that is or so, what that is
0: do you like what do you do to like I'm trying to think of how to word this like what do you do to try to figure out your identity or not figure it out but like how do you where do you find man I am terrible with the words I know what I'm (laughs) like like me I'm like okay I have to step outside of myself and be like all right so this is what I bring to the table like you know what I mean like I'm This is who I am and what people see me as. Like, what do you think people see you as and, like, what they identify you as other than your dad's kid? You know, I don't know. You know, I mean,
1: I mean, I think people see me as a very probably compassionate grace person Mm and and someone who's transparent and has dealt with mental health issues, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm very transparent and honest about all that stuff online and in my yeah. talks and, I love that. and my books, it's part of my work. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think people get a, a good, honest glimpse of me, of me personally. I don't hide very much in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think how I figure out who I am is, you know, um, my best friend is a philosopher from Northern Ireland and mm-hmm. who lives in LA now named Peter Rollins. And, you know, he's really got me into a lot of philosophy books and psychoanal you know, reading psychoanalysts and things like that. And I think that's helped me a lot, too, is you know, realizing contradictions. We all have contradictions and, right. and seeing that and, and just, you know, being more comfortable in doubt and questions and not knowing and, and really embracing life for life's sake, not for being happy, you know, not trying to find happiness all the time. And realizing that suffering is just a part of life, if not more
2: Mm
1: -hmm. than, than happiness. And just learning to accept that and live in that and, um, and not be so afraid of it, you know, and to the point where it breaks me, because I feel like, you know, I feel like we're with consumerism and and capitalism, we're sold this idea that we can somehow buy happiness or we can marry into happiness or we can you know, find it in other people or in things. And that's just not true. You know, we're just too complex and we have too many contradictions to find that in in those places. And so, you know, learning to just live life on life's terms to the best I can. And I mean, my mom wrote a book probably 35 years ago called I Gotta Be Me and learning that, you know, like I realized probably one of the biggest issues in my last marriage was that, I was afraid of conflict. So I just avoided it. I avoided conflict at all, all by any measure, any means necessary. And what happened was, is I just became a shell. You know, I became, I wasn't me anymore. And I realized like, you know, I could handle conflict in my work, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, give up everything, just take a stand or, you know, make a lot of Christians angry or whatever, you know, but I couldn't argue with, the person I loved the most you know and so I had to realize that you know I have to learn to be comfortable with confrontation and conflict and and those type of things in life so you know learning to embrace that embrace the suffering embrace the conflict as part of life and pushing back as part of life and and even having boundaries you know can be a big part of life and and so yeah just learning you know new ways to live and I find out more about myself as I do that you know And so like, even today, it was like, you know, I just, I had all this stuff, you know, on social media mm-hmm. about my dad and, and especially on Twitter. And it was just really weird. And colleagues of mine, you know, uh, were you know, putting stuff up about my parents and, you know, I was just like, Ugh, you know, this yeah. doesn't feel great. You know, this is, this is weird, you know, and today it just all kind of just hit me in the head. And I was like, you know, so I was like, I knew how to do this interview today. So I just came home and just took a nap and mm. just tried to relax a little bit and just know what I needed you know like oh I should be reading a book I should be doing this I should be studying I should you know and I was like no you know (laughs) you need to just shut off and relax you know so that's what I did
0: well I totally appreciate you having this conversation even after that like yeah oh my lord like I like I'm not that strong like yet I'm getting there but if something like messes like if I wake up and my morning starts off like it'll linger with me like all day and I'm like stop it like I'm sure you kind of understand what that's about um
1: totally I totally get it you know and it's yeah. like it's tough to you know communicate with other people even your close friends mm-hmm. you know it's like you know I find like I'll either like completely back off or completely just like throw up everything onto them you know what I mean when I'm in that place so it's kind of hard to find a balance for me in that situation but also learning that that is part of who I am right and kind of embracing that you know
0: yeah I um one thing like um I've I really enjoy about you as a person is the fact that you are so like raw and honest because you speak a lot about mental health and that's something that I was like, not like necessarily ashamed of, but it was afraid I was afraid to talk about it because I didn't want, it's like almost, I didn't want to have the conversation with other people. I just wanted to say it, you know, I was always afraid of people like wanting to like talk to me about it. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. I just want to tell everyone they're not alone, but don't talk to me about it, you know? (laughs) And so it was nice. Like not nice. I mean, it's a hard subject. But when you opened up, I think was it was about a year ago or so, if I remember right. You opened. Yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, about... it
1: was. Yeah, what? it wasn't that long ago actually. It was maybe even three or four months ago. Where I, I it was yeah, October it was like. of last year. Oh, okay. I think. And uh, yeah. I talked about my mental health, and I had a mental breakdown when I went through my divorce and mm-hmm. tried to take my own life, and. Yeah. That was uh, pretty devastating.
0: Yeah, that's it's you know, rough. In
1: fact to make it, you know, and I don't have a big church staff. So I didn't have like people coming into, I don't have a, a church staff, much less a big one. Um, <laughs> didn't have people come in to speak for me or things like that. And I either had to make the decision to, you know, stay with revolution or just go get a normal job. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: because of that, and and I just said, okay, well, I'm going to stick with it, you know, because yeah. I have a few good friends who said, you know, don't give up. And I said, okay, I'll try not to. And, Aww. I had a lot of friends who told me to give up, too, you oh. know, not like give up on life, but right, just right. to kind of give up on ministry. And, and try I decided, <laughs> yeah, but it's my passion and it's right. what I do. And so,
0: well, I know it sounds corny, but like, well, you helped one person. You helped me. So I hope oh, that helps. Thank you. That
1: does help. It's <laughs> very encouraging.
0: Like, Will you help me, Jay? Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to sound like super corny, but. It really, no, it really did help it's not corny at that. all. I and mean, okay. it's
1: the type of thing that fuels my life to continue my work. I mean, it's why I do my work is okay. to help others and encourage others yeah. to live life.
0: How has, and this is going to sound very churchy, but how has, like, your faith impacted, like, that mental health journey? Like, has it helped you? Has it not?
1: Uh, there's You're been both. times where I've felt like I've completely, like, lost it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um that God was completely gone and that it was all rubbish and yeah. just fairy tales, you know, because yeah. when you're feeling that alone, you know, but then I was reading in a, and a, in a friend of mine's book. And I hate to say that I was reading Pete's book, but I did. <laughs> and, uh, that's great though. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, and, and, and it was, talks about Christ being abandoned on the cross, you know, almost mm-hmm. to the point where like Jesus becomes, you know, an atheist, you know, it's like, right. Jesus, why have you forsaken me? And, you know, then you realizing like, well, if even, even Christ has been there. You know, maybe this is, you know, getting in touch with my, an essence of some sort of following of Christ or an yeah. essence of Christ, you know? And so it really encouraged me to, continue going and the idea of grace um paul Tillich has a sermon he's probably the greatest theologian of the 20th century has a sermon called uh he, he, I mean, he was a philosopher mostly but he had a sermon called uh, accepting that you are accepted okay and accept that you are accepted and uh from this book called shaking the foundations and that talk really just Kept me going, you know. It's just the idea is like you know. He talks about like you might not change much, you might might believe more, you might not whatever, but you are accepted. And there's something about that that just really got me to to live. And and last year I went to Wake, uh, which is a festival in Northern Ireland. And uh, my friend again, Pete said, uh, "It's funny how your friends can all of a sudden just work can come into your life and." make such a huge impact but it did and he said you know grace is the freedom from the pursuit of happiness Ooh. yeah and wow. that just really hit me like a ton of bricks and i was like oh you know
0: because i know you sold you're, my
1: whole life to be happy
0: and awesome. you're big on like talking about grace that's like one of your, that's my main, thing. Your main yeah. thing yeah i love that so, awesome. so totally a little off subject but not really but do you have a pete tattoo i'm trying to remember
1: I do have a Pete tattoo. I got it last time I was in (laughs) Belfast.
0: That's awesome.
1: It was funny because I was staying with him and I was like, oh, I wanted to get tattooed and I couldn't get tattooed. And then all of a sudden this tattoo artist in Belfast was like, yeah, I'll tattoo you, but I'm in England. I was like, well, how am I going to do that? And he's like, (laughs) well, I'll be in, you know, like, well, I have a flight that day. He's like, well, I'll come in at 530 in the morning Wow. and and tattoo you. And I was like, really? And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I told him what I wanted. And I told Pete I was getting um, the Stiff Little Fingers tattoo, which is uh-huh. a punk band out of Ireland. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, do you want to drive me to the thing? He's like, no, that's too early. I'm like, okay, will you at least bring me some coffee and some lemon cake, you know? And he's like, sure. <laughs> and um, he shows up to the, you know, tattoo parlor I'm thinking I'm getting this other tattoo. And so I kind of distracted him the whole time. So I didn't see what I was getting, <laughs> which is really hard to do when you're stuck in a chair.
0: And it's like on and, your hand, right?
1: It, no it's on my leg oh it's your on my leg it's, on, okay. it's, my leg. it's a, a picture it's actually a tattoo of my hand
0: oh giving
1: okay. giving the piss off sign which <laughs> is the two fingers
0: yeah
1: with his name underneath and um <laughs> so i was like hey pete can you tell me if this this looks good is this is this how ulster because i told him i was getting alternative ulster tattooed and he's like is this is this how it's spelt you know just want to make <laughs> sure and he looked at it and he was like oh my gosh and he like <laughs> Pete doesn't ever get emotionally. get got a little emotionally. And yeah. he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't bring you the lemon cake. Cause he forgot <laughs> the lemon shake. So Aww. it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. That's so I game. do have a Pete tattoo. <laughs> That's There's
0: awesome. certain
1: people you meet in the world that just, you, you know, I mean, I don't have a lot of them cause I'm very um, introverted, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: Pete is one of these people that I've met in my life that we just have a connection that I've never had with another human being. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's great to know that you have somebody who you can just go through hell with and wars with and disagree yeah. with. And, you know, I know that I'm not going to get, I'm not going to hear everything I want to hear when we talk, you know, mm-hmm. and that's great, you know, because we're able to just kind of be really honest with each other and, and as a lot of us, to kind of have insight into each other's lives, you know, nice. which is, I don't know, it's just a really special friendship. That's awesome. And, and he's been, um, you know, and in Ireland, it's funny because you know how they show love is by like, really they call it taking the piss you know they give you a hard time Uh and 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 you know are very funny about it and and and, uh so i've learned that so a lot for a long time people thought me and pete didn't like each other online you know yeah and when i and i'll still text him like personal jokes on twitter I'm like uh, you know what i mean
2: yeah
1: and he'd be like mate people are not gonna know what you meant that was between <laughs> you i'm like i don't care i'm like it's worth the comedy right you know so. awesome. it's a I, great it's a great friendship
0: i feel like i've heard him what podcast was it is he on the rob bell podcast ever oh yeah
1: yeah rob bell loves people
0: okay i was like i know because his, his accent yeah 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 i was like i like this guy's accent one of my goals this yeah. year is to go to ireland like i, I want to go there
1: Well, you should go for Wake, um, that that event they do in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. It is just really amazing.
0: When is that?
1: It's in March. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah, so I'm actually going to that. And then me and Pete are doing an event a couple days ahead of that in Belfast called um, um, An American Contradiction. And we're doing a talk about America in the 80s, and it's kind of like embrace – how it embraced my parents for a time and what that, what that really meant and what that looked like. So okay,
0: awesome. now back to your parents, you're talking about that. Are they yeah. making like a movie or a musical or something about your mom?
1: Yeah, they're doing both. Wow. They're making a movie about my parents based off of a documentary that was called the eyes of Tammy Faye. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And, um, Jessica Chastain is playing my mother. Wow. And, um, what is the guy's name? Uh, the second Spider-Man. Um, Matthew.
0: It's it's funny because in the room I'm in right now, there's all these movie posters. Oh, I'm in the wrong room. There was a spider poster on the wall in the other room. Oh
1: well. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> um, it, it's uh, Matthew. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember Matthew. He's been nominated for an Oscar, so I really shouldn't be forgetting his name. Wow. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 you know two really big stars playing my parents. Wow. And, um, That's yeah, it's, it's, it's super insane. And then I was reading something, you know, um, about it and they were t- talking about how they've decided to release it during award season because, you know, I guess Jessica's performance is just like really mind boggling. Good. Wow. And, and no, it's Andrew Garfield. That's who's playing that. Ah, Andrew Garfield.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. So I've talked to both of them. Um, and that was really cool.
0: That is cool. Are you gonna have so, like, your son play you since he looks like you?
1: <laughs> they should have. No, they're <laughs> have probably the gonna background. have a very, probably have a very chubby kid play me because <laughs> I was a chubby kid.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, and then Elton John <laughs> and another guy are doing a uh, a musical about my mom wow. on Broadway. So yeah, it's really bizarre to have this kind of
2: that's neat
1: like this thing that it was like you know. 30-odd years ago, and that people are still talking about it. Yeah. And it's really, really strange.
0: Have you heard of a podcast called True Crime Obsessed?
2: No, I, I have not.
0: So I, I really like true crime, but <laughs> I don't know why. I get mm-hmm. so scared and I'm outside walking around. But there's this one called True Crime Obsessed, and it's this these two friends, and it's, like, this girl. I think they're in New York. And it's, like, really <laughs> flamboyant gay man. And they talk about true crime, but the way they do it, it's, like, very funny but then very heartwarming right. at the same time cuz he gets so excited but they did one on the eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll send it to you and um cool. At first they're just like very like giggly and stuff, but I know like like 10 minutes into it, like he talks about how much he loves your mom. And I was like, this is so good. And I I need to watch cuz that's the Ru- RuPaul one, right?
1: Yeah, RuPaul does yeah. the um the narration
2: for it. That's
0: so fun. Yeah. So they talk and they call, they call RuPaul by his full name. I don't know. It's really funny. I'll send you the link. Cause Okay. I think you'd like it. I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's I was like, you must've heard this by now, but basically they just watch documentaries and then talk about them. And so that was oh, one cool. of theirs. Yeah. Well, yeah. The
1: eyes of Tammy Faye is a really great documentary that I was really pleased with. It was done by a group called world of wonder that, actually did a six-part documentary series on me for sundance channel
0: yeah i heard about that are, are there ways yeah. to watch these things like
1: um the eyes of tammy Faye, i think you can get online okay um i don't know mine was uh, maybe on the sundance channel you can find mm-hmm. mine it was okay. one punk under god was the name of what i did okay so
0: so cool Huh. that's fun um yeah that's very cool, cool. I have to ask, since you're like in the church and we were talking about mental health, what do you think the church is missing when it comes to mental health, like to help or are they harming it? Like, you know, it's,
1: it's hard to, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one church because there's church is so diverse. You know, I think there's a lot of churches that embrace, um, therapy Mm -hmm. and medication and things like that. And I think those people are important. Um, but you know, I had a friend of mine's brother was recently at um, IHOP or International House of Prayer. Oh Lord, have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they you gave know, me his, the
0: stress.
1: <laughs> yeah, his me too. And his brother was there, and someone there told him to get off of his medication. Wow, you know, and he's really sick, and he needs oh. to be on medication. And I mean, hell, I'm on medication.
0: Right, same. You know,
1: and it's like, you know, to tell someone to do that is dangerous. I mean, so not dangerous. just the fact of the withdraws or horrific, can be horrific and dangerous, but just, you know, sending someone back into a mental spiral. So I think there are a lot of churches that miss it and Mm -hmm. there's some churches that get it, you know, it's just, um, you know, I think people want to have this idea that, you know, you're in Jesus's hands and Jesus will take care of you, you know, and it's like, well, I don't really think that that's how it works. And I don't (laughs) think that, you know, that's how it was planned to work, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Jesus doesn't like science or medication, you know, or, or medic, <laughs> you know, Yeah. I think, you know, Ugh. if God is God then science is part of that, right, you right. know, so yeah. embrace
2: it.
0: I totally, luckily I grew up like, I didn't grow up like, like a pray it away kind of vibe because that would, I would not have been as adjusted as I am now for the little bit that I am. <laughs> yeah. I've, like, been on Zoloft for years, and I've tried yeah. to be like, well, I'm going to do the natural. I'm like, natural stuff, it doesn't work for me. Like, if it works for you, go for it. But I'm like, no, like, I can't do the essential oils, and it doesn't, I've tried. But I have so many people who are like, oh, well, just put some of this oil on, or light this sage, and go for a walk. And I'm like, okay, no. But, <laughs> so, anyhow. I was just be curious, like, because I'm sure, like, your church obviously is really open about it, and I hope by now, like, a lot of churches are, and yeah. that's good. It's kind of like, you break your leg, you're not going to tell someone to, like, not put a cast on it. Like, it's no, it's no difference, you know? You gotta. Yeah,
1: not at all. Jeez. You know. Humans. Dang Humans it. are weird, <laughs> especially when they think they have a hotline to God.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay, um... Man, my, me- I'm doing good on my notes, Jay. Wow. Oh, good. All right. Um. So, okay. So, we talked about medication. What else helps you? Like, you do reading, you take lots of naps, you play with your kids, all of the above. Naps
1: and reading and playing with my kids. Yeah, I mean, you kind of <laughs> nailed it on the head, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to, like, collect obsessively or work on dioramas. Oh, cool. um, But I don't do that much oh. anymore. Uh, but I read a lot and get tattooed when I can mm. I try not to shop too much because I have two kids so I have right. to live on a budget you know yeah. but you know I like punk rock pins and I like you know rings and silly stuff and tattoos but I have to kind of temper that <laughs> but yeah so I try to do mostly like in books cost money too mm-hmm. um especially the books I've been trying to read lately so it's like you know just trying to learn healthy ways to deal with it but I'm not really a super active person mm-hmm. you know so you know, I like to go hang out and dive bars and, you know, hang out or go to shows. Yeah. Um, you know, hang out with my kids, um, you know, work on co-parenting with my ex, you know. Those are just, I mean, just, I like to live life. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's like, everybody's like, has these hobbies and, you know, and like, had somebody the other day, like, well, why don't you just read for fun? I'm like, but what I do is fun. Like, what I get to do is amazing. Like, yeah. I get to do what I'm passionate about, you know. So I feel lucky that I get to sit down and read a book on Hegel. You know what I mean? Like I know it's really hard and, it, and I have to put it down for a while and then come back to it. But you know, I, I feel really lucky about that, you know, and then I get to read about Galatians, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 and study it and, 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 and read mundane crap about it because I feel really lucky and to do my work and I want to progress with my work and I want to continue my work and move forward and, and, and continue to do it, you know, to the best of my abilities. So I enjoy that, you know, it's hard for me to have like, you know, a lot of people have this line, but it's also because a lot of people have these lines like, well, I don't and I just step out of work. That's because they hate their job right? or they're not happy in their job, you know, and if I had to work in a cubicle eight hours a day or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I would, I would definitely have some sort of other hobby too, you know, but I'm lucky enough right now to not have to do that. So
0: it's funny that people look at jobs that way because I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad ran a restaurant. So when I moved to LA, I worked in high end retail. And I don't understand how I did that for five years because I am a horrible salesperson. <laughs> like, oh, you don't like that dress? Cool, let's put it back. And my boss would be like, why? No, explain. Tell them they need it. And I'm like, no, like, no. So, and then I ended up waiting tables again for this really awesome family, and when I got married, moved to like, from Long Beach to L.A., and I got a job at Sony Pictures, and everyone oh, cool. thought that was, like, the best thing, but I sat at a desk all day, and I'm like, this isn't me. Yeah. I can't do this. And so now I'm back to waitressing on the weekends and doing all this on the weekdays, and I, it's so much more fun to me. And, um, yeah,
1: I feel like it's life is short. You yeah. know, I just got life ends tattooed on the bottom of my fingers. I
0: saw that. That's fun. Yeah.
1: And it's just kind of remind me that life is short yeah. and, you know, we don't know what comes after and if there is anything after and just to kind of live your best life. And, yeah.
2: and that's gotta... not
1: like you live your happy life. I'm not like, you know, trying to be a, a motivational speaker, <laughs> but it's just, you got to live life. And mm-hmm. So You know, if you're not happy at a place, I don't, I, uh. But I guess people stay for money and security, and you know, and there's that's okay. I mean, some people just want a house and want to watch sports and go camping or do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have be their life, you know. That's just not me, right? You know, so
0: it's funny too because my husband and my best friend both climbed Kilimanjaro last year, which was oh, wow. awesome for them. But everyone's like, Why don't you go? I'm like, That sounds like my nightmare. I don't want to do that, <laughs> yeah. And I don't everyone... even like to
1: hike, or yeah. walk fast.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm good, thank you. <sighs> they can have fun and everyone thought it was so weird i'm like that's not my like that is not joy to me like that i would not be a happy camper but it's just funny different people are like this year's my 20th high school reunion and i was telling someone the other day i'm like i gotta come up with some cool like something to do with my life before then and and i'm like no i am doing cool stuff like i'm from a town of like 900 people like to like to them like me having a podcast that's cool and i'm like okay i could talk about that but like even if i don't who cares like why am I so stressed I about this? I think it's the, funny. it's the movies, the Romeo and Michelle. I got to invent post-its or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I
1: went to my 20 year high school reunion. And I was, yeah, it was really weird. Um, a did lot you, of drunk people. Oh God.
0: Did you go to public <laughs>
1: school? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. yeah, I went to Dr. Phillips high school in Florida. Oh, um,
0: drunk people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody was really drunk. Um, but it was really fun. That's um, awesome. but yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, life is, Yeah, life is strange. I mean, look at you, you lived in Long Beach, which is I freaking love, amazing, and you Long live Beach. in L.A. Yeah, I live Long Beach, too. Uh,
0: I get so good. And I work in Long Beach on the weekend, so every weekend I get to see it again. I'm like, ah, oh, no. I could live here again. It was so nice. But...
1: Yeah, it's so nice. Uh,
0: but yeah, so, like, what's my friend, like, says, like, live your best life, whatever that is, like, just do what makes you happy, because, you like, you really don't know when it's going to change or over you know and i i think i spent like five years just living in a well i say like two years where i was afraid to leave my house like i just didn't go anywhere i just yeah. stopped and everyone's like like i lost friends over because they didn't understand like no i'm so like like depressed and sad and so now i'm like okay i'm coming out of that time to get back i need to be more like a tammy Faye again you know <laughs> Gotta- <laughs> yeah i mean that's what
1: i'm trying to do you yeah. know? that's what i'm trying to do with my life is just live it
0: yeah It's fun. Um, Cool. So I have a soundtrack for the podcast. And I always ask people, like, what are some songs or a song that you, like, are your favorite or you think people should hear? Do you have any jams? Um, Yeah. um, Well, there's
1: two that I've listened to, like, a lot, like, lately Mm -hmm. um, that aren't 90s. But I have two that are, you know, like, um, but, like, the Echo Friendly a song called the same mistake. Um, it's a song that I really like a lot. And they're like this guy and girl band. And it's like, a, I don't know if they're boyfriend or girlfriend or brother or sister. I have no idea, <laughs> but, um, but they're really great. And, um, I really like them a lot. And so that song, the same mistake, it's kind of about like, you know, all my friends tell me I need to grow up, but I'm still a teenager, you know, like yeah. I still I act like a teenager. I used to live that way, you know, and I make the same mistakes, you know, and, uh, Sometimes you know, there's certain mistakes that are just fun to make and live in, and, and be an adolescent at 44 mm-hmm. um, when you can. Um, and okay. then, and then there's a song um, called "A Suspect Device" by Stiff Little Fingers that I really love. Okay. And I think the reason I love that is because um, my connection to Belfast and in Northern Ireland is just, I go there like at least once a year. I have for quite a few years, but now it's about twice a year. And I've really got into their punk rock scene because it came out of the Troubles, which was a civil war, mm. you know. And and it was between um, um, the uh, – oh, gosh, now I'm forgetting words. Um, um, the uh, – oh, gosh, why can't I think of um, – what are they? It was Catholic and – Protestants, okay, you know, and it was like this civil war between Catholics and Protestants, and it was about a United Ireland or an Independent Ireland. I mean, it's it's really hard, but everybody, you know, wanted you to pick a side.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And in this song, "The Suspect Devices," they're basically saying, like, I'm not going to pick a side.
2: Okay, you know,
1: I don't want a part of this war. I don't want a part of this. You know, I'm going to live my own life. You know, and I'm going to be in a punk rock band, and I'm not going to play into anybody's expectations and i love that you know because anarchy's got a lot of you know contradictions as well and you know and a lot of issues but i'm pulled towards the idea of anarchy because i like it because i feel like we see so many people in the states now mm-hmm. that scapegoat each other like oh i'm progressive you know mm-hmm. or i'm woke and you're not and so you're bad right you know or i'm conservative and you're progressive and you're bad you know and I see the split that just seems to be like drawn down the middle. And like, if you're not, on, you have to pick a side, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like it's just bullshit because I feel like people aren't looking at themselves. Right. They're scapegoating others to say, you're the problem. You know, I mean, I've been a lifelong Democrat, you know, I've never voted for a Republican in my life, but, you know, I'm smart enough to know that, you know, part of the reason Trump became president
2: mm-hmm.
1: is because we didn't as, as Republicans, I mean, as, as Democrats, we didn't have our shit together. Right. You know, we were a mess and we were playing a lot of games, you know? So, you know, I, you have to own our side of the, you know, my side of the street, you know, and I think people don't want to do that. They don't want to reflect on that or they don't want to look at the truths on either side. You know, they want everybody to be all bad and the other side to be all good. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's lazy thinking, right. You know, and, um, and there's just no way to live, you know? I mean, of course I have progressive ideas and progressive thoughts and, 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 and lean towards that way. But, you know, I don't want any part of the, I don't want to choose a side anymore. Like, I, like, you know, most of the people who, you know, it's funny since I've been doing this, like, no scapegoating thing and things like that. And I've reached out to a few of my progressive friends and been like, hey, do you think you might be scapegoating? And some of them have been like, yeah, that's a good thought. Hmm. But a lot of them have been like, you know, a lot of people online Suddenly, like, "Oh, how could dare you?" and also they're like, "Are you a Trump supporter?" You? you know, <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm not a Trump supporter." Yeah. You know, but at the same time it's like I feel like the 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 left is a place that I I ran to for safety because the conservative church is so hurtful to me. Right. But now I see like this group of people that I really love and care about doing the same things that the conservatives did mm. in the 90s when they were when the Christians in the 90s were saying, you know, like Oh, you can't be a Christian and be a Democrat. You know now I mm-hmm. feel like my, my, my woke brothers and sisters are saying, oh, you can't be a Christian and vote for Trump. You know, I'm like, yeah. I honestly I know people who voted for Trump who are good people and had their reasons. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just that's just the reality of life is that people are complex and have different issues and have different desires and different wants and are concerned about different things. Yeah,
2: that's you true. know.
1: And we just, we don't know how to argue well. We don't know how to have good conversations. We don't know how to debate, you know? yeah. It's like on this thing on Twitter, you know, everybody was like, this one guy was like, denounce your dad. If you don't denounce your dad, you're guilty of being silent, you know? And, I guess. And, and, and all this stuff. And you're guilty of, you know, you're just swinking nigh and being apologetic, you know? And I'm going like, you know, I just put up a picture of me and my dad during Christmas sitting down having a really tough conversation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Believe it or not, we're more, pro- it's more productive for me to sit down with my dad and have a conversation where we might both leave feeling wounded and hurt and tired but we both grown from than it is for me to go on to social media and say you know like some shakespearean play i denounce thee you know what i mean like i am no longer thy son you know what what, what is that shit you know i don't get that and so for me it's like you know i can make more progress being me and being my, my, my dad's son, rather than being somebody who's going to go on and say a bunch of crazy stuff. So I don't know. I, I'd like to see people back to the song. The whole idea is like, you know, no, I'm not, I don't have to pick a side. And so I think that's what I'm saying now is like, you know what? No, I'm not, I'm not going to pick a side, you know? I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. Like I watched the opening credits to the golden globes, the opening dialogue of Ricky <laughs> oh, Gervais <yeah. laughs> You know, yeah. and a lot of people were, like, offended by him and things like that. But I thought it was funny because I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, he's kind of pointing out some of the contradictions mm-hmm.
2: of
1: the of, of the progressives, you know. And I, I've always thought of myself as more of a liberal, but he's pointing out our contradictions. And what's wrong with that? You know, that's yeah. that's the power of comedy, you know. I mean, I think comedians are more prophets than preachers are nowadays. Yeah.
0: Do you ever listen so. to, um, what's his face, Pete Holmes at all?
1: Pete Holmes, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, he talks about that. He's like, I think it's, like, he's like, I feel like I have a ministry in comedy, you know? And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so true. Like, it's
1: totally true. Yeah. It's why I go on the road every year with a yeah. comedian, you know, it's and we do the loose in so the Bible fun. Belt tour down south is because it's like, you know, I feel like the comedian can sometimes say more truth than I can.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. It's so cool. Man, yeah, I discovered Pete last year. Like, I'm such a late bloomer, and I was, like, obsessed. I and mean, we went and saw him at the um, – Del Largo over here in L.A.
2: Yeah.
0: and I was like, it was like I used to like love going to like rock shows, and now I'm like, that's Pete Holmes. Like, I'm so excited. I'm like, Woo. Yeah,
2: real
1: yeah, Rob Bell was on Pete Holmes.
0: He was. Yeah, they did like that. Yeah.
1: Pete. Pete Rollins, my buddy Pete, was on Pete Holmes.
0: That's right, man. I didn't even listen yeah. to that one. Yeah, it's it's funny how they're all like connected, and like I'm like, what a fun world. I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I got to cool. be on um, on WTF with Mark Maron. I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Maron, yeah. but Yeah, a couple years ago, and, man, Mark Maron is, yeah, that was just, like, the (laughs) highlight. That was one of the highlights of my life was doing that.
0: (laughs) That's fun. That's cool. Well, man, this has been fun chatting with you. Yeah. Sorry, I got on my
1: soapbox there last minute. No, I
0: love that. (laughs) That's funny. I I did an interview this past week with my friend Jamie, and I get, like, riled up about stuff, and it makes no sense. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got riled up. I was like, no, I like it. And I'm like... (laughs) Okay. But, um, I'm like I'm like, but, like you're I'm supposed to talk to you and you're supposed to talk to me. So, I don't want to be talking the whole time. I want you to talk. And <laughs> but I was really looking forward to this and I don't know if you've heard like any of my last podcasts I posted today, but like, the intro I talk about how I'm going to talk with you like this week and I'm just like I feel like I relate to you on so many levels and I feel like I that kind of started in the 90s like and like look all these years later I'm like this is fun. I'm yeah, excited it's really cool. to talk to you and like like be your pal and whatnot. So I think it's I think it's fun.
1: Well you're a very bubbly four, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm either really bubbly or like completely the opposite. Oh, okay. Like, not all the time, but like there's some days where I'm just like but I'll fake it. Like people won't know, but inside I'm just like, oh god. Like, no. <laughs> but my dog knows it all. She knows all my secrets.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty quiet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fun, though. Yeah, I'm very, it depends. If I feel comfortable, I'm bubbly. If not, I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I I'm like, always tell people that me and my husband are like Red and Kitty from a 70s show. Oh, yeah. he's like, yeah. just say how it is. And I'd be like, ha, 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 ha like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's that, hilarious. That's going to be awesome. Like, he's like, get it done, like kind of intense, but nice. But like, you're like, yeah. you make me nervous. Oh, my God. And a bit like everybody else is like, yeah, that's a totally normal way of acting. I'm like, yeah, I don't work that way.
1: Yeah, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, like, yeah. I'm going to like, yeah, I need to go for a walk. I'll see you later. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it's cool. But yeah, thank you so much, Jay. So yeah, so you're fun. welcome. Yay. And, um, yeah, add those two songs. I'm totally going to go listen to that Mark Marin thing today. And so fun. Yay. Yeah. Woohoo. Cool.
1: And
0: that was my conversation with Jay Baker. I had so much fun with that one. Like, so much fun. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, please, please follow Jay at on Instagram at Jay Baker with two Ks. J-A-Y-B-A-K-K-E-R. Also, give him a follow on Facebook and on Twitter. And I'm definitely going to link in the show notes the, the, um, the interview with Larry King and the one with Mark Marin because I think those two conversations are so, so good and so, so powerful and will really help you understand his story more because I feel like there's so much of his story I didn't get to talk about and it's so interesting. So please, please, please check all of this out and please follow me on Instagram at G. I have links there where you can subscribe to the podcast soundtrack because Jay added two songs today. You can also um, check out my blog where I've interviewed all kinds of fun musicians and all the fun stuff. So please, please, please tell your friends, and I hope to see you guys next time. My next interview is with R X Bandit Steve Choi, who's also in Sounds of Animals Fighting. It's gonna be fun. So. Check all this out. You're amazing. You guys have an awesome day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next episode. P.S. A special thanks to MXPX for providing the music for the podcast. They are the freaking coolest.